My name is John Mark Redwine. And I'm Rayelle Redwine, and we are so yeah. happy you're here. It feels like a birthday for our three-year-old daughter. Party. You know? It's like yeah. you're just you're, you're growing and you're getting through those early stages, and That's we are right. just so excited to celebrate That's with you right. today. Welcome to the third anniversary of the Gathering Church. We can't believe it. God is good. I can't believe it's three years. It feels like it's been 30. But we're here. <laughs> that is good. As if it's anything like toddlers, three is going to be a year of many temper tantrums, but some exciting growth as well. And so today is a celebration of everything that God has done so far this year and over the last three years, and for some of us, over the last five years that we've been on this journey. That's right. It was five years almost to the season that yeah. John Mark and I were camping in um, California, and we were just really praying um, for the place that God called for us. We knew we were going to be in ministry, and we just felt a strong sense of it being Asheville, and that was five years ago now. It was. Yeah, that's right. We've been praying uh, in that season over what God was going to do next in our lives, and we didn't know. Truth be told, I wanted to stay in California and keep working with my buddy David. And God said, John Mark, it's time for you to go and do what I created you to do. Uh, he put the call on my wife. He put the call on our family and, and, and sent us here to Asheville. And, and I'll tell the whole story about how it got started in Growth Track Step 1 today. And so uh, I won't, I'm not going to recount the whole story this morning, but if you're interested in all of that and in getting involved, come join us in, in Growth Track Step 1 today. Uh, but today, what we want to do is celebrate some of the wins and share with you some of the vision for the fourth year of this church uh, and for this year in your life. And we wanted to celebrate just how lives are changing here through the Gathering Church. And um, I, I just want to say this, that... You know, when we step into a relationship with Jesus, that's just the beginning. You yeah. know, our lives are changing from the beginning of that moment that we say yes to Jesus. And um, I think she left in here, but um, I just wanted to talk about my dear friend, Sarah Antonor. She is our kids director. Um, and we met her five years ago um, while leading um, youth ministry in California. And she was one of the leaders with me for high school girls. And... Um, you know, it was just a small place of leadership, and you could see that fire in her and that desire to um, do something, and she put that into her work and into her career, and she was just on this path to uh, an amazing career, and she and her husband, Brian, they left California. He was born and raised a pastor's son in California, and they left to start this dream with us, and they... They left so much. She left her career. Um, she started serving in kids' ministry here. And then um, that, that seed of leadership that she has and that strong, genuine heart that she has for people, um, we, we saw that and asked her to step into this role of the kids' ministry director. And she has taken off the last year and a half. And she has cared for our kids um, and our next generation so well, and all of and that. And led our people and our volunteers, I yeah. mean, she's a leader. Yes, and all of that, we just want to celebrate that, yeah. that's right. That's just one of the things that God has done, I mean, that. yeah, that's just one of the amazing things 
that God has done. And there's so many stories like that that maybe you didn't end up on staff, but maybe, maybe you've just been in the trenches with us and you, you've been there through hard seasons and through struggles and through victories and through all of the harvests that have been a big part of what's been happening at the gathering church. And now you're just looking back and saying, I can't believe we're here. Man, we just honor you and your story this morning. Our staff and our dream team just worked so hard to serve this church, and we are so honored to get to serve with them uh, and everybody that's worked so hard to make all of this happen. Give them the good news, Rael. Tell them about this last so year. So we wanted to share, um, in the last year, we've had 27, 27 people, people make a decision to follow Jesus. Can we that celebrate good? that? And in addition to that, in the last three years that we've been a church, we've had 72 people 72 step people. into a relationship. Giving their lives to Jesus. So good. Our church family's grown by 30 to 50% every year since we've started this church. You need to know that is not normal. Uh, that is not how it usually goes. That's not the normal growth rate for a church. Uh, and it is not um, because of us. It is not because of what, what God is, it's not because of me, it's because of what God is doing in this church. It's because of the dreams He has for this church. It's because of all the leaders and the people that can make it happen that He provides to this church. And it's because of the favor that He's placed upon us. And so we give Him the glory for everything that's happened so far. I mean, th this past year we made the, a, a huge transition from Rainbow. i got to stop walking away from you. I can't. I can't help it. I walk. I'm used to it. He's a wanderer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I we go to a party and I'll just kind of go like walking <laughs> on. But where'd my life go? Um, this past year, we made this huge transition from Rainbow Community School where we started this church and uh, all the way to T.C. Robertson High School where we are now. But now we're here so that we can continue to set the table for what God is going to do next. That's right. So tell us, what's your favorite moment been so far, Rayel? Well, I, I mean, I can't narrow it down to a, no, a moment, but um, when you speak of us moving here, we had a conversation with our daughter just a couple of weeks ago, and mm. she was explaining to my parents, she said, you know, um, we moved to a high school, Nana and Papa, and they said, oh, that's pretty great, and she said, we moved there so that more people could know Jesus, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, this is, this is our heart. We didn't move um, because we wanted to, because it was exciting to anybody. Have you moved? Is it fun <laughs> <It's> to <terrible>. move? <laughs> it's awful. And moving across country, that was awful too. But just the, the, the idea of moving and transitioning and doing the hard work, um, I've just been overwhelmed by the amount of people here in this room that have put their resources and their time and their finances into helping us move to T.C. Robertson High School. And, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to do things that, you know, seem scary and different and change, but it's because we're setting the table for more people to get to know Jesus. And my yeah. three-year-old daughter gets it. And she gets it, It's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. You know, I, I think about that Thursday before we launched into this facility, uh, before we, we actually, here I go again, before we actually started uh, in T.C. Robertson, we all came up here on a Thursday to get ready. We spent 12 hours in this facility 
learning how everything got set up, where everything goes, designing things. And there were so many people who gave of themselves that they took time off from work to be there. I mean, Charles Madkins, one of my friends, he was standing right out in the lobby out there the whole time and uh, just ready and waiting for anybody to look like they needed help. I asked him one time, I said, Charles, what are you doing? He said, well, I don't really know what I need to do right now, but if anybody needs me, I'm here. As long as you're here, I'm here. And that's been his heart in this church since he's been here. If we're here, he's here. There was Andrew Polk who came into this place with no knowledge of how to run a lighting system. All of these lights that light up the stage, they move, they're on, they run by a controller. Andrew took the thing home with him that night, set up in bed all night long and all weekend long watching YouTube videos to learn how to do this. You know, Our friend John came up here and just, he's an architect that designs important things. He put all of that energy and talent into building platforms for our stage so that we could make it look a little bit better while we're up here worshiping. I mean, it's just so many people, so many people have given to this dream. And it is so humbling just to be a part of it. I mean, I just feel, I just feel like a part of it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been such a blessing. What's your big expectation for the next year, Rayo? Um, well, I, I, I was thinking over this, and um, I think there's kind of two ways that my heart is praying. And... Um, I just, I want to pray for those that are in a relationship with Jesus that um, your Sunday worship is out of the overflow of your week. That you're not coming here, you're not coming here to get filled up, you're not coming here to um, experience Jesus because you haven't had a relationship all week long with him, but it is a place that you are feeling confirmation, you are getting the... um, repeating what you've already been studying during the week and in community and in relationships. So I, my prayer for you um, that follow Jesus, that, that Sundays are your overflow, that they are the end of the week and the start of your week. That's good. Um, and my prayer for those of you that do not follow Jesus, that Jesus is here and he continues to meet you wherever you That's are. That's right. Whatever hurt that you're in, whatever pain that you're feeling, that Jesus meets you. And that is my prayer Come on. for this year. That is my prayer for this church continually, and that is my prayer for our own lives, that we just, we're here out of an overflow, and that this doesn't become a job, that this is a place that we celebrate the work that God is doing. That's right. Come on, that's good. I'm going to go sit down. She's going to preach. Come on. Y'all give my wife a hand. Tell her thank you. She works so hard. She works so hard, and she has to deal with me day after day, and that is hard work. It is something to do. Um, You know, she has always been easier to get on board with the big God things in our life than I have. She has a a huge faith, a huge heart for people. Um, This has never been God's calling on my life. It has been God's calling on our family for us. And so thank you so much for being with me and doing this with me. And come on, somebody. Help me. Give me a second. All right. Well, today is our third birthday, and, and what I like to do each year on our anniversary is share a little bit about what's next. Share a little bit about where God's leading us and, and the path we see forward and the place that we're heading next. And, uh, you know, if I had to put a theme together for last year, for 2018, for the third year of our church, I would say it was new. 
because it seemed like everything we were doing was new last year. We, we uh, launched a student ministry for the first time last summer. That's been new. We've been figuring that out. We started doing mission trips. We went on two mission trips last year, and so we are expanding the global ministry of the Gathering Church. That was new for us. We moved from West Asheville to South Asheville, from Rainbow School to T.C. Robertson. There was a lot of new last year. And so let me uh, just let you know right now that I don't think the theme for 2019 is new. We're going to have to slow down a little bit. Robbie's excited about that one. He said, praise Jesus. Listen, the theme this year is going to be more. I think God's got more for us this year. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But, but here's what I want to share with you. I got three things that I want to share with you this morning. Just three. You're used to three and then three more. Don't worry. There's only three today. The first thing that I want to tell you is that this is a beginning. This is a beginning. A three-year-old church is a very, very, very young church that we have only just begun, that God has only begun to show us what He is capable of through this place. We have a simple, singular vision for the gathering church, and it's pulled from the pages of Scripture. It's the promise that God makes through Moses to the people of God, and that is reiterated over and over and over again throughout Scripture. It's brought into the New Testament and given to us as a further promise over our lives, but it begins in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It's the covenant God makes with His people. He says, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Here is God's desire. For us to know Him personally. For us to know who He is. Not just to know about Him. Not, not just to, to have a, a knowledge of Him. Not to just exist in an area of our life. He wants to know us personally and completely like a father knows his children and like children know their father. And here's the great thing about this promise. He does the work for us. He says, I will bring you out. He will reach in and pull us into a relationship with Himself. There are no qualifiers. You get to know God today and have a personal relationship with Him without ever doing anything to deserve it. You will never deserve everything He has done for you on your own. But through the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus, you can be in a relationship with Him today. He has done it, and He will bring you out from under the yoke of the life you've lived apart from Him, and you can know Him today. In Ephesians, as it reiterates this promise, it says that you might know Him personally. Personally. See, at the Gathering Church, we've always been and always will be committed to leading people to know that truth. That you can know God personally today no matter who you are, and no matter what you've done. You don't have to get right first. I don't know how many people I have a conversation with, and I talk to them about joining a life group, or getting on the dream team, or even coming to the gathering, and their response is, man, I, I love to go to church, but if I walked through the doors of that place, it would burn down, you know? I gotta, be, I gotta think about your fire insurance. Or man, I can't go join the dream team yet because I haven't got my life right yet. I want to be on the dream team, but I got some things I need to straighten out in me first. Or, or I would love to enter into a relationship with God, but I've got to stop doing this and stop doing that and get past this before I can do it. And what I want to tell all of them is that you've got it backwards. It doesn't work like that. 
You get to walk into a relationship with Him right as the way that you are. And so God, God says, I will pull you out. He says to the Egyptians, I'll pull you out. I am the Lord your God. I'll pull you out from the yoke of the Egyptians so you can be my people again. So that you can know me. We can be in relationship. And then the next thing it says is I will free you from being slaves to them. I will free you from being slaves to them. Maybe you say, but wait. He's already brought them out of Egypt. Why does it say that again? Because sometimes even though we're out of Egypt, Egypt is still in us. See, sometimes you can be free from slavery, but you still live on with a slavery mindset. You get to enter into a relationship right now, no strings attached, but then his desire for you is that you would find freedom. To get free from that slavery mindset. To get free from all of the things that have held you captive your entire life. To get free from addiction and from depression and from your anger and from the decision making and from the shame of your past. God has promised you, promised you that you could be free. And he promises it over and over and over again in scripture in Isaiah 61. He says, I have come that, I, that the captive might be set free. Jesus says in Luke 5, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted and release from captive the prisoners. In Galatians 5, 1, it says that Christ came that gave us freedom. For the, it is for the sake of freedom that Christ has set us free. Over and over again, it says you can have freedom. And at the gathering church, we want to walk with you in this process to find freedom. And we know it's going to be hard. And it's going to be a fight. And it's going, to, it's going to be a struggle at times. The Israelites wandered through the desert for 40 years finding freedom. See, sometimes it takes a long time to be free of the things that have held us back. But we can be free. We want to get you into a relationship with the people that can help walk beside you into the freedom that Jesus died to give you. And the next part of the promise is he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. He wants to get them out and into relationship with them. He wants to free them from being slaves. And then he wants to redeem them with an outstretched arm. Redeem is a simple word we use in the church. It sounds kind of churchy. What it really means is to be put back to your original purpose. To be put back to your original purpose. With his arms stretched out to us, he wants to redeem us and set us back to the moment of our creation. See, God wants you to discover your purpose. Just like he had a plan and a purpose for his people so long ago, he has a purpose for you today. And as a church, we want to help you discover that purpose. You need to know your why, and we can help. We made the growth track with that goal in mind. And we're still working on it. Like everything else, we're always improving it and, and doing everything we can to make it more efficient in leading you towards your purpose. Because when you do, you get to experience the peace and the satisfaction of God. The passage finishes, he says, I'll take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You can make a difference by living in your purpose and you can enter into the life that God has already set aside for you. This is our vision and our dream and our goal at the Gathering Church that you might know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. 
that you might build lifelong community and we can work together to walk others through this process as well. I won't read the whole thing, but in Isaiah 61, it's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture because Jesus reads it as his mission statement in Luke chapter 5 and he declares that he's come to do all these things like bind up the brokenhearted and release the prisoners from captivity and set them free and do all of these things and, and rebuild the broken cities. And he says all of this and he says, I will establish them as oaks of righteousness and then they will rebuild the ruins long devastated. You see, God just wants to take you as you are, all the broken pieces, all the hurt, all the shame, all the regret, and he wants to build you back up into the way that he originally created you. Get you back on the purpose that he gave you from the very moment that he formed you in your mother's womb. He wants to get you back to the purpose of your creation so that you can begin to help do it for others. So that you can keep doing it for the other people in our community. For other people in your life group. For other people in this church. Over and over again we've seen this happen at the gathering church. In our freedom groups, dozens of people have found freedom from difficult and lifelong addictions. In life groups all over our city, in family dinners when we first kicked this thing out, people have found freedom from things that they didn't even know they needed freedom from. On our growth track, dozens of people have discovered their purpose. And on our dream team, at last count, every week, 107 people are making a difference for our city. Here in our worship experience, 72 people have come to know God personally. And this is only just the beginning. It's happening. God's vision for this church is taking place every single day here. So many new things have come to pass in this past year. Missions, students, a change of location. But it has all only been a beginning. God has only just begun to move through the gathering church. But I want to prepare you this morning that it may not always be easy. It may not be easy. Maybe in your life you've seen God win a victory. Something big has happened. Some, something cha some change has happened in you that you have prayed for for a long time. Maybe you can look back and see a season of great victory right behind you. And you're feeling pretty good about it. And I would encourage you that it's just the beginning. That, it, that he's got more for you. That there's even bigger things waiting for you on the other side of it. And I would encourage you by telling you that God's got more. But I would warn you by letting you know that it's not always going to be easy. See, I believe God has a blessing in mind for this church. That God has victory in mind for each one of us. I believe God's got a harvest season prepared for us that is quickly approaching. But I don't think any of it's going to come very easily. In the story of Exodus, the Israelites are led by Moses out of, the, the, out of slavery and into the desert where they kind of wander for 40 years, struggling with this mindset they developed from 400 years in slavery. And God works it out of them, gets them free of it, and finally brings them up to this promised land, to the place that they had been praying for, the destination they had been approaching, and God raises up a new leader in Joshua, and many of the generation that, that got them out of Egypt has now gone away, and a new generation has come up behind them, and they're about to go take the promised land. 
And Joshua repeats, God repeats the Moses miracle of parting the Red Sea through Joshua by parting the Jordan River. And the Israelite people walk across this mighty river on dry ground. God keeps providing miracles. He keeps doing these amazing things. But they get across the Jordan and into the land of Canaan and they have a realization that this land that God has promised them that He said they would take would not go uncontested. That they wouldn't be able to just take it freely. They get to the walls of Jericho and realize that there's a battle in front of them. And there is. And then there's another one. 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 In fact, in Joshua chapter 12, it lists off the kings that Joshua and the Israelites had to face and fight in order to take the promised land. Look at this passage. It says in verse 7, here is the list of kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan, from Baal God in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir. Joshua gave their lands as an inheritance to the tribes of Israel according to their tribal divisions. In verse 9, it starts to list them. It says, the king of Jericho, one, the king of Ai, one, the king of Jerusalem, one, the king of Hebron, one, the king of Jermuth, one, the king of Lachik, I'm doing my best on these, one, the king of Eglon, one, the king of Gezer, one, the king of Debir, one, the king of Gider, one, the king of Hormah, one, the king of Arad, one, the king of Libna, one, the king of Adullam, one, the king of Makedah, one, the king of Bethel, one, the king of Tepua, one, the king of Hefer, it's great names, one, the king of Aphek, one, if you're looking for names for your children that you're expecting, one, the king of Lasharon, one, the king of Madon, one, the king of Hazor, one, the king of Shimron, one, the king of Mer- Shimron, Meron, one, the king of Akshaf, one, the king of Tanak, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kadesh, one, the king of Jokniam in Carmel, one, the king of Dor, one, the king of Goyim in Gilgal, one, the king of Terzah, 31 kings in all. Listen, there are kings in this world. If you're going to take territory, you're going to have to go to war with kings. I believe God wants you to take territory in your life. I believe He's got promises that He's already given you. I believe He's got victories that He's already laid on you, but you need to know they won't go uncontested. That there is a liar in this world who will tell you it's his. Who will tell you that he is the king. Who will come up against you when you go to take this territory. But you need to know the victory is promised. It's in front of you. John 1.5 says the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Listen, there is a darkness in this city. But there is a light rising up. And don't think that just because we're entering into God's promise and following where He's sending us, it doesn't mean there won't be kings rising up against us. But be encouraged that if Joshua can defeat 31 kings in pursuit of the promise God placed in his heart, we can, through the power of God, defeat the kings of this city and the kings of our promises and win the victories that were promised to us long ago. This past year at the gathering, God did a new thing. And now we're worshiping in a, in a location and in a facility that will allow us to grow and flourish over the coming season. But getting here wasn't easy. I'll tell you the story 
um, in its entirety for the first time. See, this past spring, I felt like God was telling me something big needed to change in order for our church to grow. I knew that we were getting too big for our facility. I knew that when we hit over 400 people this past Easter, uh, that it was more than that building and that that facility and that that little parking lot could handle. So I began to plan for us a third service, but God had a different plan in mind. This past June, Robbie got an email that said, hey, can you and John Mark come in and meet? We need to talk. And anybody that's ever been broken up with knows exactly <laughs> what that email means. Robbie said, John Mark, what do you think it means? I said, I think you know what it means. There's only one reason people need to talk. So we went to the administrative office with this sense of dread and Long story short, when they had said yes to us at Rainbow, they said yes to 25 people. We were, uh, we were 25 people looking for a place for our church to meet, and they were very comfortable with that. But we were now running over 300 people every single week, and, and it was putting a little bit more of an impact on the facility space we were renting. Our dream team does an incredible job of caring for spaces and putting things back and, and, and maintaining and doing all of that. But you could feel it and they could feel it. And they decided it was time for us to move on. And so they asked us if we would be out of the facility by the end of the year. It was a very generous thing. We love that school. They cared for us well and gave us a great opportunity at success to move on from it. So... Now, we had to find something different, and we began this search for our next location. My pastor, Andy Wood, uh, once told me to always set the table for what God was going to do, not what he's currently doing, that if you want more people to come over, make sure you put a place setting down for them, or they won't have anywhere to sit. And so we knew we needed a facility for the next season uh, but every, everything in the vicinity of our current location of Rainbow and everything in West Asheville had a maximum capacity of 350 to 400 people between two services, which is the capacity at Rainbow School. We have seen our church grow between 30 and 40 percent uh, every single year since our inception. Actually, in year two, we grew by 90 percent. And so we knew that if God was going to continue to do what he had already been doing, we needed a facility that could handle between 500 to 1,000 people uh, over two services because that's how much we're able to sustain on a Sunday. That limited our options quite a bit in the city of Asheville. Uh, we had a location downtown that we were fixated on and spent months pursuing, but over and over again they told us no. Don't worry, I had a list of several backups in mind. Those all also told us no. <laughs> I've heard no a lot in the life of this church. <laughs> you know, I was thinking in worship this morning, I was praying just about what God, I was celebrating what God has done over this time. And uh, I don't like to talk about me a lot because this isn't just my story. I mean, I talk about me all the time, but not in this way. <laughs> but I was just thinking about the fact that God chose me to lead this church, and it's, it was, I'm still not sure he made the right choice, because I know me, but if God can do, if God can, if God can do all of this, 
and he could put vision like this into somebody like me. You know, there was a season I just didn't think I had any value that I could ever. That I could ever do anything that would matter. That I, I didn't believe I had the ability or the skills. And if God can do it through me, just imagine what he can do through you. When we went to start this church, we went and met with 30 churches and asked them to get on board with it. We heard no 26 times. And we heard no in so many creative ways. <laughs> we had so many people tell us that Asheville was a really unwise place to start a church. We had so many people tell us that church plants cannot succeed in Asheville. I had a pastor tell me that my idea was stupid once. <laughs> that we couldn't do what we said we were going to do over and over again, 27 times. After two or three times, you think, huh, they're, they're crazy. But after 27, you begin to wonder, <laughs> were they right? And four churches came on board and partnered with us and believed in us. In it. And I will never, ever, 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 ever be able to express to Ernest Smith at Front Range Church, Andy Wood at Echo Church, um, Pastor Dan at Westgate Church in California and Gary Hale at Bayshore Church. How grateful we are uh, just for that initial yes because we just needed somebody to say, yes, you can do this. God is in it. He's with you. And it's just crazy how you can have just this whole long list of no's, but all you need is one yes. <laughs> just one person to believe in you. Just one person to say, yeah, God's in it, he can do it. And it gives you what you need to keep going. And that was what we needed. It was like that all over again this past summer. And I was having PTSD a little bit. Everywhere we went, no, no, we don't, no, that's not, we don't do that here. We don't want a church here. There is a spirit of resistance against the church in the city of Asheville. And we had forgotten because we had been under such favor at Rainbow. But we found it again this past summer when we began to search. We could tell people we're trying to avoid the subject altogether simply because we wanted to bring a house of worship into the space that they leased. And so we didn't have any more options all of our backups said no, and finally, um, we, we thought about this place 15 minutes away, maybe a little bit more if I'm telling the truth, uh, from our current location in West Asheville. T.C. Robertson High School has a long history of supporting churches and, and allowing them to meet in this space. You may not know it, but this space has been hollowed ground many times before houses of worship have been in here, and so uh, we went and, and met with Principal Ryan Klinger here, one of the assistant principals, and from the very beginning, we could feel that God was in it. Um, he was favorable and hospitable and generous and kind and excited to have us in this space. It has, this school has gone out of their way more than you will ever know to allow for us to be here. The maintenance personnel uh, who, who is here today, who will always be on campus serving us, has been patient when we've been here 40 to 50 minutes later than we said we would over and over again. This is not in my notes, so I need to wrap it up. Over and over again, though, we have seen that this is where God wanted us, and so we prayed long and hard about it. We met with people about it. We brought in wisdom and we decided and discerned that this was God's next step for us. Rainbow Community School to T.C. Robertson High School. It was a long move, but it was the one God placed in front of us. 
And it was hard. The whole thing was hard. A move this far is hard. Shortly after we announced that we were taking this move, a lot of people began to let us know they wouldn't be making the move. Um, and it was all for good reasons, and I give them all, all the honor. And, and many of them are worshiping with my friends today. So you need to know that we're not closed-fisted here, that the church is the church, and we're happy for you to serve anywhere, but we do miss our friends. And, um, and it's hard not to, not to feel sad about it. Our staff had to completely redesign our whole portable setup from the ground up. That's a lot of work that we're not used to doing. There was a lot of marketing and production and scheduling that had to be done. We all worked a lot of really long hours. We were stressed, couldn't leave work at work. And so our families had to carry a heavier burden in that season. All of our team kind of hit the end of our ropes. Many of our volunteers hit the end of their ropes because we keep asking and asking, can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help us? And God has blessed it. We came into this facility on Christmas Eve with 375 people present, and God is doing something good in this place. And because we are in T.C. Robertson High School, the city of Asheville will never, ever, ever be the same. But there was a fight to get here. And maybe you're in the season of life with greater stress and anxiety than you're used to. Maybe you committed to follow God more closely this year by getting involved in church, or by leading a life group, or by doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I should mention, it was in my notes, I forgot. Today is the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been an incredible season of prayer for our church. I've heard so many stories of breakthrough and change and miracles. And I've actually, this year, I've heard more stories of people who are saying, I'm still praying. That, that, that I was leaning in for a breakthrough, and I feel like it's coming, but it's not here yet. I've talked to more than one people that have said, I'm continuing the fast because I need to keep going in this. And I'm just letting you know that maybe when, when you get into a season like this, where you're committing to things for the first time, and you're giving more to God than ever before, you say, this is the year I'm going to make my marriage work better. You say, this is the year I'm going to go all in. I'm going to lead a life group. I'm going to, I'm going to partner with them. I'm going to make it a priority to be in community with followers of Jesus. It always seems like whenever we say, now's the time, that all of a sudden everything begins to fall apart at the seams. It seems like every fight comes at us all at once. It seems like maybe, maybe you've decided to go all in, but then your marriage hit a setback. Or your kids have discovered a brand new way to rebel. Or something has happened in your life financially or with work or in the business world. Let me tell you something this morning. Pastors like to use buzzwords sometimes to get your attention. I'm going to give you a spoiler. We like to say some things like blessing or, or victory or harvest. Because when we hear those words, our ears perk up a little bit like, hmm, I'm going to give me some of that, yeah. Talking about a blessing, I like a blessing. He's talking about a victory, well, I could use a victory. He's talking about a harvest. Ooh, harvest sounds delicious. We perk up a little bit, but what pastors don't always tell you is that a battle always precedes the blessing, and violence always precedes a victory, and hard work comes in front of a harvest. You know, I married a farmer's daughter, 
And uh, I did. She's, she's from a dairy farm in New York, and I've learned a few things about farming in my time. I grew up in the suburbs of South Carolina. I always looked forward to harvest season because it meant the produce aisles looked nice and pretty, colors everywhere, everything's a couple dollars cheaper. It felt great to walk into the grocery store and reap the fruits of this harvest. And sometimes that's the only view we get of people's harvest. We get jealous and we get upset and we want what they have because we're looking at their season of harvest and we think that looks pretty good. That looks nice. It looks available to me. But what I never realized before was that on the other side of that harvest was months of back-breaking work for some farmer was a farmer who had gotten up at 4 a.m. and who had gotten home after dark because he was working so hard to bring about that harvest. And then when he got to the harvest season, it wasn't a season of rest. It was a season of longer hours because that fruit, because that grain, because those animals needed to be brought in, needed to have more work done because they had to lean into the harvest a little bit heavier than they have to the rest of the year. Hard work comes before the harvest. Don't just look at somebody else's harvest and wonder why it's not that easy for you. You need to know it wasn't that easy for them. I get an inside view to a lot of people's harvests as a pastor in this church. And you may look at somebody in this church and say, man, I wish my marriage looked like that marriage, but you need to know that they fought hard to get to that place. And if we want to get there as well, we're going to have to fight too. There is always a battle before the blessing. Maybe last week you decided uh, to respond to the message and say, I'm going all in. Or maybe you've already decided that 2019 was the year you really give yourself to Jesus. So you committed 20, to 21 days of prayer and the fast and, and you've gone to growth track and you're signing up for a mission trip and, and you said, no matter what, I'm going to fight for my marriage, I'm going to fight for my kids. And then all of a sudden, it seems like everything's falling apart. It's because you're taking territory. You're taking territory and every acre of kingdom property will be contested by the enemy. He is going to lie to you. He's going to tell you it's his and you're going to go to war with kings, but you need to remember it is not his, it's God's. God's promised victory to you and he will bring victory, but you have to do the fighting. It's time to start declaring that he that is in me is greater than he that is in this world because if I can't see God's promises yet, I'm going to stand on God's promises. If I can't see God's victory yet, I'm going to start asking for God's victory. If I can't see the blessings that he said I will receive, then I'm going to start saying them out loud until I can see them right in front of me because there is a fight coming and it is worth it and victory is on the other side of it. And once you've done the fighting... And once you've gotten the victory, and once you've entered the promised land, and once you've gotten to the the harvest you've been looking for, once you receive it, i got to tell you something else. Know that God's not done yet, because there is more. There is more. Maybe one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible is in Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. It says, when Joshua had reached a venerable age, that means he got old. It happens to everybody. It says, when, God, when Joshua had reached a venerable age, God said to him, you've had a good, long life, but there is still land to be taken. There is still a lot of land to be taken in the promised land today. If you've had a, a promise come true for you, if you fought and you fought and you fought and you got a victory, 
you need to remember, if you're not standing in front of Jesus face to face, he's not done with you yet. If, if, you, if you haven't reached the place where, where you're, you're not breathing anymore and you're walking into paradise, then God's not finished with you yet. Maybe you're here today and you've worked really hard to get where you are. I'm glad, but there is more. This past year, we've worked really hard to do some new things. And, and uh, like I said, our, our theme for the year was new. But our theme for this, this coming year is more, more, just more. We're going to see God do even more than what He is already doing. More people learning to know God personally. More people finding freedom. People finding more freedom. More people discovering their purpose. More people making a difference. More students engaging in their purpose. We're going to grow and invest and gather students in new ways this year because we want to serve the students of this high school better. Your students better. We're going to continue to grow and develop missions partnerships because we want to take this message to the ends of the earth. We're going to double the amount of life groups that we have at the gathering so more people can engage in life-giving community. And we're going to continue to adjust and change the way we do things here at T.C. Robertson. Because whatever God has done in your life, don't just be satisfied. Because there is more. When I was 15 years old, my dad slipped a sheet of paper under... I just take a minute every victory that you see you can't see the fight that was before it but you also don't see the other people that were fighting for you my mom and dad are here today I'm standing here because of the way they fought for me I'm standing here because of the hours and the hours of prayer, because of the foundation they laid when I was a child, because they never gave up, because when I was 15 years old, my dad slipped a piece of paper under my door, and I picked it up and read it, and it's become my life's verse, my calling. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. It was true for me. I was 15. I didn't know it. I don't, I don't know what I did with the paper. Probably threw it away. My dad was always doing weird stuff like that. I remember going downstairs in the kitchen on Sunday mornings and just mad that I had to get up and go to church. And my dad would be in there making breakfast singing, This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. And I was thinking, this is going to be the day that nobody makes if you don't be quiet. I hear that now. They fought for me. Parents fight for your children. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. Lay a foundation now, and it'll make a difference in eternity. Listen to me. There is more. Thank you so much. It won't be like this in the second service. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until you are standing in front of Jesus Christ. It will never stop. It will never stop. If it's not good yet, God's not done yet. 
If you're not standing in front of Jesus Christ yet, God is not finished with you yet. You don't get to relax and retire and lean back and say, I've done enough. You keep going. Let's see him do more together in our church. Let's work together for more. Let's be the bride of Christ together in this city and use our gifts and the gospel of Jesus to see a city that people have said over and over again, it's done, it's lost, let it go, leave it where it is. Don't start a church there. Go to Atlanta, go to Greenville, go to Charlotte. Don't go to Asheville. This is a city where our Father will be king, is king. Every ounce of kingdom territory will be contested, but we know who gets the victory. It's already been written down. It's finished, it's done, it's his. Fight with us. And there is more. There is more. Let's work for more in our families. Let's work for more in our workplaces. I know that there is more for you. Don't believe that he's done with you yet. Don't look at the season of life you're in and say the good stuff's behind me. I think he's just getting started. Let him get started today. Join us in this. I know some of you have been with us for every single battle we've endured. Here since the beginning, maybe even before the beginning, we've seen God move in some powerful ways. We've, we've gone to war together. We've seen this thing grow and change over the years, but it's been the same vision, the same heart at the center of it. But I also know that many of you in here today, like the generation that Joshua led, are joining us now or in recent months having only heard about the things that God's done here, the miracles that preceded your arrival, let me encourage both groups of you. There's more. Join us in what's coming next. Go all in. Don't do it a little bit. Don't be sitting in this room next year as we celebrate all God did in 2019 in the fourth year of our church just listening. Be sitting in this room knowing that all of it happened because God used you to bring it to life in this place. Let's do this together. There is more for us. He's not done. This is the beginning. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise, God. We give you all the glory. This is your story. Everything that's done here has happened because of you. Because of your power in us, God. Because of the gifts you give us, Father. Because, Lord, you have, you have called us to greater things than we could ever call ourselves to. Because you set before us greater tasks than we could ever imagine, God. Because you're a God of victory. And because you don't lead us into battles that you won't bring victory in. God, we just honor and praise your name. Be glorified. Lord, this place is just our worship to you. We worship you this morning. We give you the next year. We give you the next three years. God, we give you the next 30. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.